raising a child is really a huge responsibility. And uh, as it concerns most kids, the fact is that the parenting makes or breaks the child and can either create uh, a wonderful individual that's going to be an asset to humanity or can create uh, uh, the other extreme, a monster, uh, something awful and horrible or something or, or somebody in between that's average, but that's never really going to truly enjoy life and, and really attain what there is to attain. And it's all a question of the the patterns of thinking that parents or caretakers instill or guardians uh, or, or teachers uh, of emotional regulation, of impulse control, of understandings concerning oneself and others and what is one's true good, all kinds of things um, the, uh, like that of disciplining and uh, ideals, values. Uh, and um, the sad thing is that, uh, of, of course, the parents or guardians or whoever is doing the, the upbringing uh, are not uh, infallible and, and perfect and were themselves little kids just a relatively short time ago. And of course, uh, the body, uh, the, uh, as the years goes, as the years go by, excuse me, the body certainly does age, but it's no guarantee that the mind ages and that the uh, kind of the emotions age and all that kind of stuff. And consequently, uh, just because somebody is in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, etc., etc., 100s, 120s, just because they're, they're a parent, their grandparent doesn't mean that inside they're really an adult and uh, if a person is not raised correctly they never attain to adulthood so when they themselves are supposed to be an adult and that raise children it's a child raising a child then the child of course chances are is going to end up a child as well for the rest of his or her her life and is going to raise for children lifelong children again and again and this can continue on and on and on uh, until maybe a, a, a given family line gets a lucky break if there's a great teacher or uh, just an exceptional innate degree of talent or, or something like that. But we say if, that, that a family perpetuates its ideals, it perpetuates its dysfunctions, and, and uh, because in that extremely malleable phase, uh, uh, an impressionable phase of life, uh, the, the, the habits and the thought processes, etc., can, can remain with a person for the rest of their life and can inhibit uh, their, their development, goodness forbid, so we can talk about some specific examples. Um, we say uh, first, the first thing to understand is, of course, that as little children, we're born, we're, we're little creatures. Uh, we're, we, we're all potential, and, and that potential can be realized, hopefully. But at the beginning, the potential is not realized. So consequently, it's a little tiny primate. Uh, and uh, the thing that immediately is, of course, understood, even before birth, never mind after, the basic physical... Um, Things, heat, cold, hunger, pain, pleasure. Uh, and uh, one of the major goals of parenting is to, uh, to to enable a child in time to regulate that, to have impulse control, to understand, to disassociate from uh, the body, at least somewhat, to where the, the body is not the director, is not the boss, where the, the person is the boss and the body is the servant. But initially, obviously, it's vice versa. The body gives us a little hint I'm hungry, so we say, or, or say, the body says I'm hungry, so to speak, obviously not literally, so we say, I'm hungry, right, right away, without any kind of delay, I'm, body's in pain, I'm in pain, the body wants pleasure, I want pleasure, so uh, a, a, a super important thing that parents have to do to, write, to, to realize the potential of their child is to uh, enable the child to, to control that and, uh, and delay impulse gratification, and um, that requires discipline, it requires 
putting up with the child potentially saying I hate you and crying and making tantrums and plenty of parents don't have the backbone to do that and they think they're doing their child a favor by taking them now Toys R Us is out of uh, business isn't it so wherever that the, they would take a parents would take a, a kid now whatever the toy stores what is it know what uh what the big toy stores are now but am, uh, probably off amazon or something like that the child says oh order me this already maybe at three four years old is that understanding order me this toy i want this so the parent says yeah of course no question again and again and becomes the servant of the child and consequently deteriorates the the child's character and that's a habit that can last uh our whole life if we don't nip it in the butt bud however it's said in uh early development um uh, further, uh, obviously, a huge thing are the thinking habits. So first of all, we have these animal impulses and inclinations, and all thought naturally evolves to accommodate them and to facilitate them. Meaning a, a child, obviously, a, or, or an infant, and then a, a toddler, however it will be classified these days, a, a little kid basically, wants to do what he or she wants to do. And one moment, in one moment it's eating, the next moment it's playing. And now it's watching YouTube videos. You see these little babies with iPads <laughs> rolling around uh, or being rolled around watching YouTube videos. Uh, so as the mind develops, obviously, what, what's its attention going to be turned to? Uh, you know, theoretical physics and philosophy? No. It's going to be turned to accommodating uh, the, the immediately intelligible impulses and inclinations. That kind of stuff. Again, I want to watch some YouTube. I want to eat. I want to drink. So... Uh, the, the thinking then is corrupted uh, uh, to an unlimited extent in order to facilitate that. So meaning a kid wants to uh, uh, to eat, right? Or wants an extra cookie from the cookie jar. It's, there's some amazing cases of, of uh, initial honesty, but it's not the expectation that a kid is going to be honest. The expectation is that a kid is going to bend the truth as needed. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I ate dinner even when I didn't eat dinner. I didn't have the cookie before even if I did. I, uh, and now the cookie would be YouTube, right? I didn't watch YouTube when <laughs> I didn't use up the screen time and, and, and so forth and so on. So a parent who, who also is a child inside thinks in the same way, obviously, because their parents let them down. So they're either not going to recognize that or they're not going to uh, feel comfortable with calling it out because they would have to uh, call, call themselves out. That's what psychologists would call cognitive dissonance when we say something is bad that we do. A very uncomfortable feeling, uh, it, or they they think that the child means bad on the converse and freak out and flip out. The correct thing is simply to gently, consistently, persistently correct the thinking and to say the important thing is to tell the truth. It's to be honest. You can't accommodate uh, your your weakness, your desires uh, with your you know uh, by your thinking and by what you say. Right? Uh, for for example, a, a kid is is called out uh, on something. Why did you do that? What's the immediate uh, thing that, that we want to do or that a little kid wants to do uh, is blame somebody else. Oh, but little Johnny did, but little Alice did this, but uh, this person did that. Oh, my, but I remember you did this, mommy or daddy or caretaker, right? To call somebody else out, bring attention to somebody else. It feels good. It distracts us from what we did wrong. That's another huge thing to correct again and again and again. When it's not corrected, we see people that are physically adults, obviously inside their children that spend their whole life trying to find faults in other people. And the second that somebody slips up a little bit, they, they pounce on them. Why? It's that same thinking habit from childhood. It distracts away from my weaknesses, from my 
uh, inadequacies. And look, look at that person. Don't look at me. And now we see, obviously, this blown up on a major scale with uh, the Internet and social media and things like this. And uh, people that are the children in adult bodies at the earliest opportunity to, to destroy somebody as convenient they do. So this has to be nipped uh, right away at the beginning. Um, what else is there? Uh, a, a parent has to uh, pr- put uh, understand what's going to lead to the child's highest good. And it's not necessarily a, a, a parent's fantasy about what he or she thinks is uh, uh, how they envision the child, right? One parent uh, envisions their child as, as the next Mozart. So they're going to force the kid to, to play an instrument even if there's no talent, there's no desire, there's no, no point in it. Somebody else envisions them as the next Einstein. So two years old, you're going to learn math equations. You're going to learn 10 different languages because I want you to be a, an ambassador to, you know, somebody saw a movie. This is how we think. We see a movie, maybe when we're, we're, when we're little and there we're very impressed. Maybe there's, a, a, like we said here, an ambassador. Like, ooh, I, when I have a kid, I'm, I want them to be an ambassador. So now we have a kid. We start projecting this fantasy on them. Hey, hey kid, you're t- two years old. Let me start teaching you uh, Italian and French and, and German, 10 different languages so that you can eventually get a job uh, as an ambassador. Right? It's crazy, but that's how it is, right? Or we, uh, we, we look up to something when we're uh, young. We, we think, uh, you know, uh, the, the ultimate thing is to, to have this kind of career, this kind of thing. And then we begin to force it. On the kid, uh, obviously, back in the day, there were, uh, in many cultures, in, in, in some per- periods of history, there was a, a tradition where child was expected to take on, uh, probably, namely, the father's occupation. For example, the father's a blacksmith, the son is going to be a blacksmith, and the, his son is going to be a blacksmith, so forth and so on. Now, we've kind of loosened that up, and even back then, if there was a different proclivity, if there was a different talent, it still wouldn't wouldn't have probably been the the best course of action, but back in the day there wasn't such. If at least obviously we can only retroactively speculate now, but it would appear there wasn't such psychological insight as we have now. It's it's almost that we could say an invention of modernity. Uh, this the, the the concept of the psyche of psychology uh, uh, of insight. It's not clear that that people would think like that, right? That I'm gonna I have to help my kid realize his potential. That 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 requires a degree of of uh, of kind of development and insight that maybe wasn't present in, in in medieval Europe, for example. But now it is present, or now it's the expectation. So now we can't do that, and we can't simply say, "Oh, I was uh, th- th- this occupation. You have to do this occupation, so forth and so on." Uh, as it concerns, speaking of old traditions, as it concerns that uh, corporal punishment, aka getting uh, that butt whooped, it also used to be, uh, obviously, in, in many cultures, in many societies, uh, expectation, needless to say. Uh, but here we have to think about the function. Uh, the, the, without any kind of explanation, without any kind of context, it's simply behavioral conditioning. When we associate one action with pain and another with pleasure, we're drawn toward doing that action and not doing the other action, even if the, we have no other understanding concerning those actions. And obviously, we can do this with animals. There's famous in psychology, famous experiment with dogs where they taught dogs to uh, salivate when, when ringing a bell. How? I think that, that was it. It could be slightly different, but that's the idea. Uh, by by uh, every time there's food, you ring a bell again, 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 again. The dog uh, it makes that connection in its mind. And next time you ring a bell, it begins to salivate because it expects food. But it doesn't, it, it, without the, the connection of food to the bell, it wouldn't understand what a bell is. So we can do the same thing with kids and we can behaviorally condition them to not lie, to not cheat, to not steal, 
to say please and thank you. And this is name, uh, unfortunately, the sum total of most of uh, uh, most people's uh, morality is is that behavioral conditioning from youth. I'm not the kind of person that steals. I'm not the kind of person that uh, treats people poorly. I'm the kind of person that that uh, uh, does nice things for other people. So that that's not obviously the the way to to realize our potential as human beings. Uh, it's uh, the the key is to explain what it is that a, a child did and why it was wrong or why it was right. And in a very measured, thought out way, some behavioral conditioning with the consent of the child could be a good idea. For example, once a kid is at a certain age, excuse me, say whatever, the, the depends on the, the individual development, but five sounds about right, five, six, uh, the, the parent can, can set up a system with the kid. Hey, how about every time that you do something that we agree afterward through conversation is wrong. You do a set of, of push-ups or you go or you do a little bit of running or you, uh, you know, you don't get dessert after dinner, something like this. And then it can be a, a kind of, um, what's the expression? Uh, it can be a, an additional tool to, to get the concept because we can understand on a level of intellect why something is wrong, why something is right. But it doesn't mean that on the deepest levels of actual behavioral change, we're going to get it. Right? Otherwise, nobody would struggle with addiction. Nobody would struggle with OCD. Uh, uh, nobody would uh, struggle with reoccurring thoughts. And, and nobody would do the, the, what they say they don't want to do. Uh, and would always do what they say they want to do. So we see understanding goes deep. It's not simply the words. So if it's on a level of words that we explain to, uh, or parents explain to, uh, to a child uh, as to what he, or sh- he should do or not do, but it doesn't kind of go really deep into the bones to so say, then there's no guarantee that there's going to be a change of behavior. And uh, as, as we said at first, we use our thinking to, um, to uh, accommodate our behavior and justify it. So if a kid has a particular habit, has a particular temperament, has a particular kind of repetitive actions and, and behavior, it's very likely that as, as self-awareness dawns at, at whatever age it does dawn, the intellect will be employed to formulate a system of a worldview which accommodates that. So, for example, a kid from from their youth naturally is drawn toward stealing, and the parent doesn't nip it in the butt or just says, "Oh, you shouldn't steal," but there's no behavioral reinforcement, and the and the kid continues to steal. So, when that self awareness dawns, there's going to be some kind of adjustment in the worldview to accommodate that because we can't just do things. And say, oh yeah, I'm a bad person. I do this because I'm bad for no reason, but I just do it. That's not how it works. We do it for a reason. We know we're good. We know we do things only for a good reason. So we're going to figure out how to make ourselves feel feel okay, be able to, to live with ourselves. So then uh, 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 when that self-awareness dawns, a kid can begin to say, oh, stealing is not so bad. And, and that could lead to other things and other things. So we want to, uh, 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 at the same time, explain things and, and adjust that behavior. And behavioral conditioning can be useful. Again, nowadays, hitting is not uh, kind of in, in many societies. Obviously, there's, there's a ton of different uh, cultural norms uh, throughout the world, where in some of which it's still perfectly acceptable. So then it could be a tool there. But where it's not acceptable, it's probably not worth the cost. It's not worth the, uh, It's not worth it. So there's other things. Again, like we said, force the kid to do push-ups, take away dessert, but something to where it really uh, goes deep down. And further here, as it concerns parental authority, the ultimate authority is, is what we might call justice. It's what we might call um, 
uh, equal kind of uh, treatment. So basically when a parent is, is a hypocrite and wants to uh, project his or her insecurities onto the child and wants to uh, use the child to, to fulfill kind of, uh, what is it, authoritarian, authoritative? Authoritative is that word, authoritative. Whatever the word is, wants to, to uh, feel, feel in control and, and feel strong, authoritarian, that's it. As it concerns the child, the child is going to pick up on it. Children are, are, are smart and, and sensitive to these kinds of things. So, for example, uh, every time the, the kid uh, uh, lies, the, the parent freaks out. Oh, you shouldn't lie, yada, yada, hit, hits the child, yada. And then the parent goes and lies and lies and lies and, and, and nonstop. Uh, so we say, or the, 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 the parent says, oh, you should exercise and be healthy, but never does it him or herself. Children pick up on that kind of contradiction, that kind of stuff usually. So we see that if the parent wants authority, one thing is to um, kind of uh, make it, uh, kind of create systems to, artificial systems to enforce it. Uh, if, I, if you don't listen to me, uh, further I'm going to take away your toys, right? Further consequences, not just in relation to right and wrong, but in addition to in relation to whether or not you listen to me, whether you put, uh, whether you respect me. The other thing is if the parent holds him or herself to the same exact standards as the child as it concerns uh, what's right and wrong. So consequently, if the parent tells the child you can't curse, but then curses, and then there's a consequence, right? If you do curse, you do use a bad word, you have to do 10 push-ups. So then if the parent accidentally curses and the child hears uh, him or her, really in general, but especially the child hears, the parent should drop down and do 10 push-ups. There's nothing like that to, to enforce authority because then the child has nothing to say. If you're the one, what's the, what's the comeback then? Uh, I, just I don't want to, but there's really no comeback, logically speaking, when the person who's saying uh, to, to do something is doing it. That's why some of the most successful generals and leaders uh, uh, of armies they were right, right in there. They weren't just uh, on the side somewhere in a in a tent, you know, in a caravan with uh, with guards. They were fighting right alongside with their men or women, but but chances are men back in the day and putting their life on the line. And consequently, the troops were ready to die for such leaders because it's not it's not a hypocrite. It's not somebody that that talks and talks and, and doesn't back it up. Right? Um, see, for example, uh, if uh, somebody who who works with little kids in the capacity of a teacher or a coach has different classroom rules. For example, if you're late to class, you have to um, do this. This is the consequence. Or if you're late to a sports practice, you have to do sprints. So then let's say it's a coach who creates that rule. If you're late to a sports practice, you have to do sprints, but then the coach is late. What's the correct thing to do if the coach wants authority and respect in the eyes of the athletes? To do the sprints, and then there's nothing to say. right? If the coach, ah, no, 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 forget about it. Right, then it's clear that it's simply something to, to, to enforce on somebody else. And people don't like that stuff. So as parents, the ultimate um, kind of, a, it's not a trick, it's a real thing. But, but, but tool is to be totally consistent with what we ask. Uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't be we in this case, but what parents ask uh, children uh, to do and, and hold themselves to the same standard they should. So anyhow, there's some ideas there. Uh, the, the, the toughest thing is, of course, actually becoming an adult and actually becoming a parent and not remaining a child and consequently projecting uh, oneself onto the kid, not, never getting to know the kid, uh, having a fantasy in mind. My, I want my kid to be smart or I want my kid to be a superstar athlete or I want my kid to, to be a superstar singer and, and so forth and so on. It's the kind of stuff that ruins lives, uh, unfortunately, uh, so, so many times, even if there's external success, right? There's, 
I don't need to name names, but there's famous examples of singers who, who did attain success like that, but at the cost of their, meaning through their parents forcing things on them, but at the potential at the cost of their mental health and, and happiness and inner success. So that's not the cost that uh, any real human being should, should wish to, to uh, pay. Um, so that's a huge thing. And uh, the, 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 the further the, the parent needs to work on him or herself on correcting his or her own thinking, uh, as opposed to uh, simply just just winging it, uh, and uh, because then right, if if uh, if a person isn't able to to behave properly themselves, they're not able to think properly themselves. How are they gonna mold a mold a little person into to who he or she needs to be? But it's uh, it's the most important thing we can do. It's a huge responsibility. Anybody that has children, it's it's their obligation to to all of humanity, to their society, and really to to anybody and everybody to create a, a proper individual um, and uh, and we tend to, to, to kind of be obviously again cultural norms vary there's certain cultures where it, it's ta- it's taken to be a very much a communal affair to raise a child but uh, very frequently in many societies that the attitude is it's my kid it's none of your business it's my upbringing it's how I raise the kid I don't have to to do what you say I don't have to do what anybody says it's up to me so it's all well and good except that Ideally, and, and generally, the child becomes, at least in age, an adult. And the adult enters society and has or is expected to have an economic and social contribution to others. And, um, and on the flip side, if things go wrong, we see the kind of havoc and, and damage that specific individuals can do, whether it's goodness or bit, a school shooter or a vicious tyrant or that uh, and dictator that takes millions of lives. All of these people were little kids at one point, and it's very unlikely that they had perfect parenting and that, that the parents taught them uh, values and morals and what's right and wrong and tra- treated them with love and all kinds of things. Actually, that's something we didn't get to. We, we might want to briefly touch upon before we wrap up. Right, but it's uh, it's very unlikely. Right? And it's, oh, it's nobody's business. But then it becomes very much people's business when somebody grows up into a monster, gains power, and kills millions of people or even kills one person. All right, on the flip side, it's people very much people's business when somebody grows up. They can cure cancer. They can, you know, contribute to world peace. They can uh, start a company uh, such as these big companies like Amazon, as, as we mentioned in the beginning, right? The dude who founded that, he was a little kid once. He grew up into an adult. He gives work to the massive quantity of people and creates value and gives provides goods and services to to the entire world. So that it becomes people's business. It's not simply, oh, it's just my business. No, it's not. Right, but the thing quickly we want to mention is uh, is the love thing. That's a that's a very big thing. Uh, it's uh, absolutely pivotal to show a kid unconditional love. What does that mean, though? It's just talk, right? We hear unconditional love. It means to ha- to have a base degree of consistency of recognizing the reality of the child and considering the child part of oneself. Meaning, we say that the way it works or way to think about it is that. What we consider to be ourself, we love, right? Even the biggest monster has some degree of love and acceptance of his or herself because they're, they're aware. This is me, right? I understand myself. But anything we consider part of our not-self, we throw out. We expel and consequently we, we turn our, uh, our face to, to it, right? So, for example, um, uh, we, we, we have a house or a place of living or a, wherever it may be, a, a trailer, a bridge, an apartment, a mansion, a palace, and that uh, we're used to it and we like it and we've made it just how we, how we want it. We've redecorated. We have everything that we want and we feel we come home. We feel it's home. 
It's myself, right? It's an extension of myself. Here's my stuff. Here's my clothing. Then we go to, a, say, a dilapidated old motel. There's rats. Everything is, is, is uh, moldy. We feel it's, it's my not-self. I don't want to be here. Right? So we expel it kind of from our conceptual uh, understanding of ourself. It's kind of a little ambiguous there, but if you think about some more examples, you should get the point. So it, when it comes to other people, it's the same thing. People that, whose motive we can recognize, who we can kind of understand, we, we can take them in, and, and whose interests don't appear to contradict our own, take them in and consider them to be part of ourself. Yeah, it, it, you're me, right? I'm you, you're me to some extent. You're part of my family, you're part of my, my, uh, my being, right? People that we feel threatened by, that we feel implicate us or make us feel bad or, or could make us look bad or feel bad. Uh, or we, whose behavior we can't understand, who we, who we can't attribute positive intent to, who we don't understand are good. We expel them from ourselves. We don't understand, right? We see a, a crazy person yelling in the middle of the street. We're not going to, uh, what is this, right? This is not me. We don't recognize them as, as part of ourself. So with, with the child, it's the same thing. When we're in the uh, kind of, we're a child ourselves, we're continually, there's a continual flux, whether or not uh, I'm letting you in or letting you out. When you behave like I want, when you conform to my fantasies and my ideals of what I think uh, you should be like, you're all good, little kid. You can, you can be part of myself, right? And that's what we call love. It's, it's that expansion of self to encompass another. A- at a different time, oh, you behave uh, badly. I can't identify your motive. I don't understand how you could steal a cookie from the cookie jar, how you could get a bad grade and embarrass me in front of the teacher, or how you could throw a rock or do something bad. I expel you from myself. That's called uh, uh, depriving love. So with normal kind of individuals that are are thoughtless and and, and still remain in the child state, uh, that's how it goes. It's a continual flux on the same day. Obviously, it depends on on the temperament and the character, but it can be even with a decently well-adjusted person that there's several, maybe even dozen such uh, cycles. Uh, You do something nice. Okay, come here. I love you. You're part of myself. Not nice. Uh, Draw away. It's a natural thing. It's not a conscious thing that a person chooses this. It's just that's kind of the, 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 the function here, the necessary natural function for, for whatever reason of our, of our psyche, of our consciousness, however we would put it. Um, but uh, the key then is to, to be consciously aware of this and to permanently take in the child as part of oneself. And consequently, no matter what the child does, the child is never fully expelled from the self in the parent's point of view. So there's always that base degree, and that's called what would the term to, to refer to that uh, process or, or whatever phenomena is uh, love. So consequently, there's that base degree of love no matter what, but the parent has to simultaneously show very clearly what is acceptable and is not acceptable. So the best way to do that is through a combination of talk and action. Right? So for example, I'm going to put you in timeout, but as you're in timeout, I'm going to explain to you. I still love you. That's the first thing. I love you, I accept you, but what you did is not right. There's a difference between what you did and who you are. That's also a big thing. And we keep going and going here, but we, we got to wrap up. But yeah, that's a big thing we got to explain here. There's a difference between who you are and what you did. I love you, but I don't love what you did. And this has to be said again and again and again and again. And then hopefully the child will grow up the, the, the way we, we should grow up. So these are some, some thoughts for any and all uh, present or future parents or anybody who has access or, or kind of interacts with parents. So hopefully it's, it's uh, helpful to, to a number of people. Thank you for listening.